Coming up on InfoSec Sync, Revel dealt a major blow to global commerce over the weekend. Details on the world's largest ransom attack yet. Also ahead, we'll have more on how the government plans on responding to cybercrime following the SolarWinds hack. Plus, a recently debuted politically conservative social media platform has been hacked twice. And what Google is doing to make sure the apps you download are safe. So get ready to get in sync with InfoSec Sync. You're watching the InfoSec Sync Weekly News with Nick Thomas and news anchor Layla Gulen, sponsored by Axelio. Threat detection and response done right. Axelio. Welcome to the InfoSec Sync Weekly News for week ending July 9th, 2021. I'm Layla Gulen with your host, Nick Thomas. Good to see you there, Nick. Good to see you, Layla. Well, InfoSec Sync would like to congratulate our sponsor, Excelio, on their nearly $26 million follow-on contract with the U.S. Army. So why don't we go ahead and start there. The multi-million dollar contract puts Excelio at the forefront of cybersecurity measures taken by the U.S. military. The company was selected last year to implement a prototype system to monitor and detect anomalous behavior and intrusions on the Army's garrison networks. Under the new contract, Excelio will further build out its packet capture system to more sites over three additional years. Excelio is an innovator in cybersecurity threat detection and response solutions. So, Nick, the threat level, it must be quite high for the U.S. military, and this is quite a vote of confidence for a civilian company to earn their trust. Absolutely. This is a great win for Excelio, and Excelio has a great product that uh, looks at uh, packets down to the, the very minuscule level at a very um, fast processing um, that they do with their uh, hardware and their software. So. Kudos to them. Kudos to them indeed. In the ongoing saga of print nightmare, Microsoft has shipped an emergency out-of-bound security update. Print nightmare is a critical vulnerability that affects the Windows print spooler service and can permit remote threat actors to run arbitrary code and take over vulnerable systems. The vulnerability allows users to add printers and related drivers, which can allow a remote, authenticated attacker to execute arbitrary code with system privileges. The remote code execution flaw impacts all supported editions of Windows. Microsoft recommends stopping and disabling the print spooler service or turning off inbound remote printing through group policy to block remote attacks. So... Let's say a print spooler has been exploited. What can the hacker then gain with these system privileges? So, Layla, once that's been exploited, they can use their toolkit. And whatever they have in the, their toolkit, they can utilize. And depending on what user uh, that they exploited, uh, if it's an administrator, that's great because they, they will immediately have administrator privileges and be able to uh, make uh, an, another administrator account under another name or um, uh, uh, do another exploit, you know. Yeah, basically, they own the box. They will be able to do whatever they want. So that's exactly why this thing needed to be patched. And is this affecting major corporations as well as civilians, individuals sitting in their in their households working on their computers? This affects all Windows users, um, corporate and uh, home users. Okay, good to know. 
Well, the Miami-based software company Kaseya is now the target of a new ransomware attack. As reported by CNET, hundreds of companies, including a railway, pharmacy chain, and grocery chain in Sweden, were directly hit by the assault. But even more companies, at least 36,000, were indirectly because Kaseya advised all its customers to take their servers offline Friday with no word yet on when they can get back online. The attack involves a Kaseya product called VSA that allows small and medium-sized businesses to remotely monitor their computer systems and automatically take care of routine server maintenance and security updates. Coop, one of Sweden's largest grocery chains, had to close at least 800 stores due to the attack. As of Sunday, Kaseya says that they had not received new reports of compromise. Revel, the Russia-linked hacking group behind the attack on meat processor JBS, is linked to this latest attack. The company is working with both the FBI and the U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Agency to investigate the attack. So the criminals use a zero day. First of all, what is that, and how does it work? So, Lelia, zero day basically is a computer software vulnerability that is unknown to everyone until it happens. And what happens until the vulnerability is mitigated? Hackers can exploit it to uh, adversely affect programs, data, additional computers, or even a, an entire network.、Mm, okay. And in this case, they were also demanding money from some of its victims. Absolutely.、Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, the Revel hacker gang didn't just stop there. Cybersecurity teams have been working feverishly to stem the impact of what's being deemed the single biggest global ransomware attack on record. The purported Russian hackers demanded seventy million dollars in Bitcoin in order to unlock more than a million individual devices over the Independence Day weekend. But experts say the Russia-based gang's claim over the attack is impossible to prove, given how few victims are speaking publicly and the fact. That no government or company has a database of everyone who was hit. The government also says they may not be able to assist everyone who was affected, given the scope of this attack. What happens to these systems once they're locked, and if the ransom is not paid? So, if the systems are locked, ransom's not paid, they're unable to get it, and they have、uh, no way to get their backup. Is backups that basically. The systems basically become bricks. They can't do anything with them, other than start them over from the beginning and lose all their data. So, if someone was hit by this, one of the million that that was affected, is everyone going to know it right off the bat, or is there any way for someone to get onto their computer and then the moment that they need something that was hacked into, they realize that they don't have access to it? It would be the latter. They would realize they wouldn't have access to something, or they would get an error, unless there is a、uh, managed service provider or a security operations center that that finds it before the、uh, the customer or the end user.、Mm, okay. Well, with these attacks on the rise, insurance companies are reporting that nearly half of their clients purchased cyber insurance last year. In turn, premiums have increased considerably, by an average of 32 percent, according to TechRadar.com. The three R's—ransomware, rates, and regulation—are dictating the prices globally. The number of ransomware attacks rose by 140 percent in the fourth quarter of 2020, and have gotten more expensive to the tune. Of 445 billion dollars annually, and we've talked about the catch-22 of 
paying the ransoms versus not, which could lead to a business or a company's ruin, essentially, Nick. So will we ever get on the side of security so that these attacks just never happen? You know, Layla, those numbers you just said are outrageous. They they are so big. Um, as far as getting to the side of total security, I don't think anyone will ever get there. There, there's always going to be someone out there looking to do harm to systems and somehow um, make money or make a profit off of it. But we can do our best to uh, defend our systems as best as we can and have security awareness training so employees and everyone knows uh, what's available, what to do, and how to report. Well, this attack may not have been demanding money. We'll tell you what they were, why they were doing it in just a moment. But the Twitter-style platform set up by supporters of former President Trump has been hacked yet again. Getter has suffered a second attack after a Sonic the Hedgehog-themed porn flooded it over the 4th of July weekend. The latest attack happened earlier this week when hackers posted a database containing what they claimed were 90,000 users' email addresses, usernames, status, and location. The politically conservative platform was launched just before the holiday and became an immediate target by white hat hacker Juba Baghdad. He says the hack was easy to do and only took 20 minutes. According to the platform's founder, the problem was detected and sealed in a matter of minutes. He also says the intruder got away with nothing more than changing a few usernames. But Juba Baghdad says he did it not for the money, but just for fun. Well, it sounds benign enough, but could this lead to something more serious? Um, it could if if he had gotten uh, pertinent information uh, of the users, if if they had had anything to do with uh, you know social security numbers or uh, personally identifiable information. He could take that information and then start creating some sort of uh, botnet or uh, opening of accounts with credit cards. Uh, very low level uh, crime, but but still um, stuff that people don't like, right? No, they don't like it, but I venture to think that a few people got a, a laugh or two out of it. We, we won't get <laughs> into too many details about <laughs> what people <laughs> and, saw. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, and with that, uh, let's take a break, Layla. All right, sounds good. Hey, this is Jeremy Leisher with Excelio. If you're wanting a realistic no kidding, hands-on threat hunting education where you can learn to not only hone your craft, uh, but to really get into the weeds of what it means to, uh, to, to, to hunt threats. Um, I highly recommend that you join me uh, for a peek into the world of mature threat hunting with a focus on how network data is the missing link. Right? So come visit us at Excelio.com. Sign up for the next free hunted class, July 28th through the 29th at Excelio.com slash Hunted. Welcome back to InfoSec Sync. Parsons, the defense technology engineering firm, has just closed on a $203 million deal to acquire Black Horse Solutions. The acquisition expands the company's portfolio of electronic warfare, military information, and cyber products. Black Horse specifically offers automated spectrum sensing, signal detection, machine learning, and electronic warfare systems such as the Trex and Galileo products. The purchase of Black Horse also aligns with Parsons' strategy to absorb companies with revenue growth. 
Windows and Mac OS systems are in the crosshairs of an upgraded malware tool set tracked as Wild Pressure. Its victims are believed to be primarily in the oil and gas industry. Wild Pressure first came to light in March of 2020 following the distribution of a C++ Trojan dubbed Milam that enabled the threat actor to gain remote, remote control of the compromised device. The Python-based multi-OS Trojan is engineered to beacon the victim machine's hostname, machine architecture, and OS release name to a remote server and check for installed anti-malware products. This allows it to upload arbitrary files, execute commands, update the Trojan, and erase its traces from the infected host. The U.S. government's strategy for cyber warfare has been scrutinized in recent months, particularly following a 60 Minutes interview with cybersecurity experts back in February. The interview stemmed from the infamous SolarWinds hack that affected 300,000 customers around the globe and went undetected until cybersecurity firm FireEye sounded the alarm after they were hacked. Experts have criticized the government for not effectively deterring cyberspace adversaries, the Biden administration has since levied sanctions against Russia, blaming the Russian Foreign Intelligence Service for the SolarWinds hack and has taken action to bolster U.S. cybersecurity. So, Nick, why do you think that it took so long, A, to discover the hack and why are, so, why are we so far behind not being on the offensive when it comes to cyberspace and cybercrime? So um, the first part of your question, um, why did it take so long? So SolarWinds is a, a great service provider, and they provide great products. So what took so long was they had to find out which one of their products was actually um, vulnerable, and they had to scope that in on all of their networks to, to find out it is what it was. Um, and can you repeat the second question? Yes, of course. So curious as to why we as a nation are so far behind the offensive when it comes to these attacks. So we've been behind for a long time. That's why uh, President Biden um, executed his executive order uh, for better cybersecurity and for uh, people and companies to work together with the government uh, when hacks happen. Um, this is an ongoing issue, and it's only going to make us better and stronger. All right. Well, this is a good place to take a break. When we come back, the cryptocurrency you should know about, and it's not Bitcoin. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Jeremy Leisher with Excelio. If you're wanting a realistic, no kidding, hands-on threat hunting education where you can learn to not only hone your craft, uh, but to really get into the weeds of what it means to, uh, to, to, to hunt threats. Um, I highly recommend that you join me uh, for a peek into the world of mature threat hunting with a focus on how network data is the missing link. Right? So come visit us at Excelio.com. Sign up for the next free hunted class, July 28th through the 29th at Excelio.com slash hunted. Welcome back to InfoSec Sync. There are more than 4,000 cryptocurrencies in the world, with Bitcoin being the most recognizable name. Tether is the third largest by market value and has some economists worried, calling it a potential financial stability risk. Why? 
because Tether is tied to real-world assets like the U.S. dollar to maintain a stable value. Bitcoin, on the other hand, is quite volatile and fluctuates in value. Some investors and economists are worried Tether's issuer doesn't have enough dollar reserves to justify its dollar peg. With more than $60 billion dollars worth of tokens in circulation, Tether has more deposits than that of many U.S. banks. There are concerns that Tether is being used to manipulate Bitcoin prices. So, for people who are unfamiliar with cryptocurrency, what is it designed to do, and how can it either be helpful or a hindrance to the global economy? So, cryptocurrency is basically a digital digital asset that's designed to work as a medium of of exchange, and it's stored in a form uh, that is. Uh, Done with uh, strong cryptography to secure uh, transaction records or whatever you need secured, and it's verified with the uh, with the coin or the ownership of the coin. Okay, and with more than four thousand out there, how does anyone maintain any kind of value, really? I think they're all going for the same thing. We we hear about uh, Bitcoin a lot because it's it's worth the most. It's it's. The most widely used, uh, but uh, apparently um, this one tether, uh, they're looking at it because they're scared of of what can happen to um, other currencies or the dollar, perhaps. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're strongly looking into this one. But there are other ones out there not worth as much. Um, I'm not that much of a crypto expert, but I have no idea why there's so many out there and why you would pick one over another, other than you know Bitcoin, of course. Yeah, right, exactly. And you had mentioned that you know anyone could create a cryptocurrency. So I guess if you want to see your face yeah. on a coin, you could you could start mining your own coin if you wanted to. I might consider that. It'll make good <laughs> Christmas gifts. <laughs> so what, the Layla Gulen coin. That's right. <laughs> Well, it's a lucrative business, cybercrime. It's everywhere, and now hackers are doubling down by promoting their services through websites. The tactic comes after a recent ban of ransomware ads on well-known Russian-speaking cybercrime forums. Two ransomware gangs, known as Himalaya and Lockbit, have been detected using their own site to promote encryption tools and hiring new affiliates. While only Himalaya and the Lockbit are the only cybercriminals promoting their operations, experts say other ransomware gangs may also adopt this tactic. And I wouldn't doubt it, Nick. I, not really that surprising. Why are we just hearing about this now? Do you think? I, I don't know, but you have to remember that these gangs or these people have have been out there, and and some of them are in the poorest countries, and this is a business to them. This is how they make their money. So, it's logical they're going to start their own gangs and affiliates to start uh, creating a, a market, right? Mm. This is why uh, they they do the ransomware and they want you to pay because they actually get paid when people pay them. So this is why they do it and they're going to continue to do it. This is also why the um, cyber insurance is such a big thing now and everything to do with cybersecurity. Now, I, I wear my civilian hat every time that we do this, Nick. So I'm just going to ask you this question. So if they're going to be advertising their service, essentially, uh, services, essentially, do they have these hacks that they then sell to people who are interested in applying it to something that they want to get into or 
Absolutely. You can uh, go to one of their sites. Um, I don't know what the addresses are or if they're on the dark web, but you can go to one of their sites and rent malware as a service. Wow. So it's a product. It's a product, and they will help you through it and take a portion of the of the proceeds. Amazing. All right. Well, nine Android apps have been removed after Google discovered they were stealing nearly six million Facebook credentials in order for users to access all the app's functions and disable in-app ads. They were prompted to therefore and therefore tricked into logging into their Facebook account. The offending apps mask their malicious intent by disguising as photo editing, optimizer, fitness, and astrology programs. Google recently announced new measures for the Play Store requiring developer accounts to turn on two-step verification, provide an address, and verify their contact details as part of its ongoing efforts to combat scams and fraudulent developer accounts. Um, so, you know, through astrology programs, I guess it was written in the stars that eventually that they were going to get caught. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> Thank <my> you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the Pentagon has just scrapped a multi-billion dollar Trump era deal with Microsoft that would have bolstered its cloud infrastructure. A new contract is expected to include Microsoft rival Amazon.com and possibly other cloud players. Both companies have invested billions of dollars over the years to persuade businesses and governments to use its cloud services. A military contract would only add to the company's prestige and trust in its services. The cancellation and new contract could still benefit Microsoft as it has used the last two years to further its technology in the space. Other top cloud companies that could be considered for the contract include Oracle, Alphabet Inc., and IBM. So uh, President Trump, if we recall, he was very outspoken against Jeff Bezos and Amazon. But now that he is no longer in office, the Pentagon took that opportunity to, to cancel that contract with Microsoft. I, I think this is a great deal for um, America, actually, because it allows uh, – all the cloud services to um, utilize to be utilized by whoever wants to use them in the government. Um, if if you prefer one over the other one, you know, go ahead, pick that one. That's great. Right, and it opens it up to the other companies as well. So it's not just a singular contract for one company. Yeah, they yeah they get to share it. <laughs> yeah, sharing the wealth. All right. Well, passwords are meant to be somewhat complex, not easily identifiable or guessed. But a password generating manager was about as random as a wall clock. Security researchers say Kaspersky used the current time to generate passwords prior to a 2019 update. According to ZDNet.com, if an attacker knows a person uses KPM, he will be able to break his password much more easily than a fully random password. The lack of randomness meant that for any given password character set, the possible passwords created over time are limited enough that they can be brute forced in a few minutes. If the creation time of an account is known, the range of possibilities becomes much smaller and can be brute forced in seconds. So these Kaspersky password managers is that when you go to create an account and it generates this this what you think is a random complex yes password? yes absolutely okay. and there there are some companies out there that have their own um, random password generators it just happens that Kaspersky is doing or pick the wrong uh, algorithm to be used and very easily guessed so 
stay away from that password manager because it's going to be compromised. Yes. Yeah. And don't use one, two, three, ABC. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you can't beat them, join them, give them a taste of their own medicine, whatever you call it, cybercrime experts are largely against the idea of legislation supporting the notion of hacking back. A bipartisan bill introduced last week would have the Department of Homeland Security research offensive hacking as part of a network defense or incident response. But security experts worry that such reactionary legislation might do even more harm. The idea of hacking back has been around for several years. A Georgia congressman introduced the Active Cyber Defense Certainty Act, which would have allowed businesses to return fire on hackers. However, depending on the sophistication of the business, Escalating combat with a criminal group could also end badly for an outmatched enterprise. And this question is for you, Nick. I mean, what do you think about it? You know, this is very, very interesting because people have asked me this before. You know, if other countries are hacking us, why can't we hack back? Well, you know, there's this thing called Title 10 or Title 50 with the U.S. government that uh, the government uh cannot hack back, um, but individual people can. And just like it says that, uh, in that article that depending on the business or the sophistication of the business, escalating it could uh, end badly for them unless they know what they were doing. Well, so uh, it's kind of a catch-22, you know, yeah. it's, it's like the wild, wild west. It's true. Well, someone said it's akin to chasing an armed robber down the street after they just stole your purse. I mean, you wouldn't really right. want to get into that kind of confrontation with them. So, you know, do you, can't, can you even possibly beat these hackers at their own game? You know, unless you hire a, uh, a defensive or offensive hacker group to hack back for you, I, I guess, you know, that might be a thing coming out of this. Mm, interesting. All right. Well, the White House says the U.S. will take action against cyber criminal groups from Russia if the Russian government refuses to do so. The comments were made in light of the Kaseya attack. G7 leaders also asked Russia last month to urgently disrupt ransomware gangs believed to be operating within its borders. SISA and the FBI have shared guidance for victims of this attack, and the White House National Security Council is urging victims to report incidents and follow the guidance issued by Kaseya. High-level U.S. and Russian officials are expected to meet again next week. And it just seems that a lot of people uh, peripheral to the government and also within the government are critical of how the administration is responding to these attacks. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And the attacks are continuing and nothing's being done by Russia. So that's exactly uh, why we hear what's going on. All right. Well, it's all right to drink the water, but a Washington region sanitation company is now investigating a ransomware attack that targeted a portion of its network. WSSC Water, which serves Maryland's West Laurel area, was targeted in late May. The threat was shut down within hours. However, the attackers reportedly accessed internal files. The company operates filtration and wastewater treatment plants. Sources say the water supply was not threatened. The company uses air-gapped networks and was able to restore encrypted files from backups. So what is an air-gapped network? 
So, Layla, an air-gapped network is exactly what it says. It is a space of air between two networks, which means you physically have to go onto one network to log on. There is no way to transfer files or go from one network to another network other than to sneaker net the files, meaning physically take the disk out and put it in the other in the other uh, computer. So not the first time that uh, water distribution or uh, let's just call it a utility has been affected by these hacks. It's a Absolutely scary. not. This is probably what the third, at least the third one this year. Oh goodness. And we're only six months into 2021. Exactly. All right, Nick. Well, another fascinating episode. That's going to do it for us. On behalf of Nick Thomas, you are now in sync with InfoSec Sync. We'll see you again next week. InfoSec Sync Weekly News has been brought to you by Excelio. Register for their free hunted class July 28th through the 29th and get 16 CPEs. Sign up at Excelio.com slash hunted.